0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think something too, Sarah, that you do that is so helpful is you look beyond the current reality. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people, and it's so natural, right? As humans, we look at what's happening right in front of us and we go, huh, oh my goodness, this is like, this is scary. But how can we look beyond what's right there, look beyond the scary and look for the uh, the possibilities and the hope. And it sounds a little trite, maybe at this point, but you know, if, if we really intentionally try to do that, uh, some really good things can happen. Your life, your journey starts now. One reason I'm really excited to talk uh, with Sarah today is she actually left. Uh, and get this for timing—the day that they announced they were cutting off travel to Europe. Well, not well, not just the day; uh, an hour after Sounds the, the flight with her three kids <laughs> takes off from Chicago to go to Germany to go to Ethiopia. An hour after, so she's in the air, and they announce that they're cutting off uh, travel to Europe. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, daughter was... <laughs> and three grandkids are like on this plane
1: <laughs> into <getting> Europe. <laughs> it was a hard call because we had made these reservations uh, back in uh, Thanksgiving Day of 2019. And just so that everybody listening to this realizes um, so the date that we're recording this is right, we're right in the middle of the whole COVID 19 crisis. And so. Um, so yeah, we had booked these tickets to Ethiopia uh, on Thanksgiving day and we were going to go over spring break and the, you know, the few weeks before was, do you go, do you not go? And we were just leaving it up in the air. We didn't, we didn't know what we were going to do and we decided to go. My husband thought it would be a good idea for us to go because um, uh, not that many people were flying there there wasn't shutdowns at the time. Um, The wisdom that we had gotten was that um, in about a week, it would be really easy to make a decision because it was either definitely you could go or definitely you can't go. But that point when we had to make the decision, they were saying, this is a really tough call to make. And so we made the tough call and we left.
2: (laughs) And I watched you make that decision and I don't think that you took it carelessly carelessly I saw you weigh the options and go back and forth and at the time that you guys went it was like that it was like the information that we had to make decisions could go either way and you were just left to make your best guess based off of the information that we had and that's what I watched you do I watched you weigh the odds back and forth yeah.
0: Well, and, and just how well you and uh, Matt, it wasn't how well you guys work together to navigate through all this too. I mean, what a team! I was like, wow.
1: <laughs> well, and that even that morning, I had a hard time falling asleep because you know when if you're you're taking three of your kids, so it was so. We have six kids, we have three girls and three boys. Um, two of our children are from Ethiopia, one one daughter and one son, and then um, two biological daughters and two biological sons. And so um, our daughter, our Ethiopian daughter, was allowed to travel. Um, our, our Ethiopian son, uh, was trying for a new visa and he, he was not allowed to travel. Um, we just got notification yesterday that he is now because he got accepted for that new visa program, but three weeks ago he was not allowed to travel. So what we had decided to do was, um, because, uh, we really wanted to get our daughter back to Ethiopia to see her family, her extended family and, um, her family out there, including her biological father. And, um, so it was a girl's trip. So that's why we were split up here to just give a uh, perspective to what was happening. Um, I was taking our daughters to Ethiopia and my husband and our teenage sons were staying at home over spring break. So that morning that we left, I had, ha- I'm, I'm getting ready to take my daughters over on an international trip. I've been over to Ethiopia four times. We have family and friends there. I felt confident about that, but, um, but I do struggle with anxiety and I will say that it was hard. Um, that morning I didn't sleep very well the night before because I was packing and stuff. And then, um, that morning I woke up and I just I'd only gotten like probably three or four hours of sleep And i'm the kind of person that needs a full night of sleep Otherwise the anxiety gets really high and so my anxiety was really high and I just asked my husband I'm like, can you stay home from work this morning? Can you do the, the rest of the packing that we need to get done? And I need to take a nap because i'm not going to make a wise decision here without taking a nap Because what I want to do right now is I am scared out of my mind and I just want to quit and I and my dad Jeff has taught me to not be a quitter. And so I was like, okay, I can still quit because they're refunding them, they're refunding tickets. So it wasn't a financial matter. It was just a matter of, do we do this or not? And so I went and took a probably a two or three hour nap. We had to leave around noon. Um, And so I took a two or three hour nap while he finished packing. He had to go to Walmart and grab some stuff for us. And then when I woke up, I felt refreshed and felt better. And the fear had gone away. And it was then just logic. Do we actually go or not? And that's when he looked at me and said, yeah, I think that this is the right decision for you to go. Um, I think that less people will be flying and you'll have an easier time. Because I said, do we go this summer instead? And he said, I think it's going to be safer for you guys to go now than it will be this summer for you to go when everyone Mm -hmm. starts traveling again. And so I said, okay. And uh, my brother came to pick us up, to drop us off at the Chicago airport. Um, and that's, that's where the story takes off then.
2: I want, I mean, I know cause I've heard, but I want to hear your story about when you guys were in the air and you had a little circumstance <laughs> that happened while you were in the air. And I want to know like what you were thinking in that moment and how, like what you felt. And then what did you tell your daughters that are there with you that are like, leaning on you for perspective
0: well and and, and sarah share the just the technology piece of this because i mean it was real time i mean we were in on this too yeah everyone was in on
1: this it's crazy the way technology is and it's such a blessing from god i will say that was such a blessing from god so i will say that leaving so we had we had gotten cheaper flights by driving to chicago and leaving from chicago we were going from chicago to germany and when i say the When I say Germany now, like now that's a hot topic here. Um, So we were going from Chicago to Germany, Germany to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, right? So we had left Chicago, and I will say, in hindsight, the scariest point of traveling to Ethiopia in terms of getting uh, coronavirus was the actual Chicago airport. -hmm. O'Hare, it was the most crowded out of everything. There was that was the point when it was like, oh my gosh, this is real. Like, be careful. And then again, when uh, there was this one hallway at the German at the airport in Germany where everyone congregated together for about three minutes, and that was scary again. But otherwise, I honestly felt very safe. The airport was very clear. The planes were very empty, and we had we had spray. My mom's a nurse, so we had spray. Um, um, rubbing alcohol. We had hand sanitizing wipes, hand sanitizer. We were washing our hands. So we, I felt very, and we had gloves. So I felt very, very safe. Um, so here's the point when um, it got a little hairy. Um, it was, we, and this didn't have to do necessarily with us getting sick. It was just the situation. So we leave, we fly out of Chicago. We are literally about 45 minutes to an hour in the air we when I went and looked at the map we had not even hit the ocean yet so we were still over North America we were over Canada and this man from he he was from Cedar Rapids and I ran into him on the plane and he was across the hall he heard me talking to my daughters oh he asked if I was had a, if I was if I was was um, the leader of a school trip oh. Um <laughs> So he had like, he had like talked to me because I'm like telling the girls to sanitize everything and I'm like that. And so um, I had finally got them all settled and he like leans over the hallway, like the the aisle and he's like, are are you like running a school trip or what's going on? Because obviously it's, it's me and then two white children and then my Ethiopian daughter. And so they didn't, he didn't know who these people were. And, And I was like, no, these are my daughters or whatever. So he starts talking to me. Um and we're talking like pretty close and he there's like he, at one point him talking like spit like hit my arm oh, no.
2: <laughs>
1: and I didn't tell you this dad but <laughs> I was like because I didn't want to be rude, but mm-hmm. I'm also thinking like, yeah, we're doing this thing, but I also want to be wise about it. Mm-hmm. And so oh, when I your t- spit to yourself, I buddy. Know. Uh. And So I'm like trying to back up, but he like keeps getting closer to me. And obviously we're in an airplane, right? So I'm like trying to back up a little bit, but I'm like trying not to be rude, but he said he was from Cedar Rapids. And w- at this point we had no cases in Cedar Rapids. So I'm like, okay, he's from Cedar Rapids. It's okay. He's from Cedar Rapids. It's okay. And I'm talking mm-hmm. to him and we're just talking about, well, I don't know, I, you know, just how you talk. And while we're standing there in this aisle talking, this young woman walks by us sobbing and my daughters, I'd gotten my daughters, it must have been like an hour into the trip because I'd, got, I'd gotten them to start, it was late, um, our flight left around like 8 p.m. or something. So I had started getting them ready for bed and I got them, them like set up with movies and stuff and the plane had turned its lights down and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so she walks by sobbing and I look at her and I said, are you okay? And she said to me, no, they shut down the borders and I haven't seen, I haven't seen my husband in five months. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah.
2: So what'd you think at that point? Like, did I you feel fear was, rising?
1: I, at first I said, okay, so I went, so much has changed since that. I mean, that was only, what, how long ago was that? Three weeks ago? weeks, yeah. And so much has changed in three weeks. I froze for a second and I started to not really understand what she was saying but I knew that there was a possibility that this could happen because I had even You know Annie were Annie and I work together, right? Mm-hmm. So Annie's um my account manager um for my company. She she run helps run my marketing clients, our marketing clients. And so <clears throat> you know how burnt out I was and how mm-hmm. I really needed this vacation, mm-hmm. this break. And Um, I wasn't going to bring any of my work with me Mm -hmm. when I left. I had given everybody directions for any emergency situation, not even realizing that this necessarily could be the emergency situation, but I had left Annie in charge of running my company and I was going to bring nothing with me except for my cell phone with my work contact information on it. I wasn't going to bring my laptop. But because of coronavirus, I decided to bring my laptop because I knew that it was a possibility that we could get to Ethiopia and then they could close the borders. I did not expect at all. Because if I thought that this could have happened that quickly, I don't think we would have left. We Mm -hmm. wouldn't have left. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that we would be an hour into our first flight still (laughs) over North America and they closed the borders. And that shook me because I was like, oh, that was fast, and um, I still had a whole international flight, like, mm-hmm. flights in front of me with my daughters who have never, like, my youngest daughters, uh, my biological daughters, had never flown interla- flown internationally, and I, like, it was, it was, par- it was, like, oh my gosh, the weight of that, and I, ju- and I said something to him, well, no, I didn't react right away because I wanted to know if she was accurate. I did mm-hmm. not realize we had internet on this flight, and so um, we, like, said our goodbyes and stuff, the three of us or whatever. And then, or like, you know, stop talking. And then I went to try to figure out if what she had said was true. So, um, I couldn't figure out how to get on the internet. I've gotten on the internet a lot on flights, this flight, I couldn't figure it out. Um, I was also under stress. I went back to the, to the host, the flight attendants. And I asked if they had heard anything because I knew their fl- they were on their phone. So I knew that they had internet access. In fact, when I walked to the back of the plane, um, one of the attendants was on her Gmail account. So I said, can you look this up? Because I can't. like. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they were like, oh, they, at first they blew me off and were like, and I was like, no, this lady just walked by crying. And so then this male flight attendant like looked it up and was like, yep. It's true. He just announced it. And so then, once I knew that it was true, my next step was to actually get on the internet. And so, the flight attendant helped me um, get on the internet Um, because it was an international flight. We had to do some other things to the thing or whatever. And so, I got on the internet and I started texting. Facebook Messenger, my family. And at this point, it was what, 11 p.m., midnight, Dad, when I got a hold of you guys? Uh,
0: yeah, it's probably 10, I want to say. what was your 10, reaction? Nine, no, maybe nine, nine o'clock. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be nine, actually.
2: So when you, when Sarah contacted you, Jeff, did you already know this information or was she just yeah, telling you for the first yeah, time?
0: Yeah, um, I think I did and i just thought wow this is uh because i knew it already and mm-hmm. so that sort of like hit me and then i was like Phew. but then when i talked to her even when we were talking about the texting it was just like wow this is so cool that the tech. because i'm not a tech guy you know mm-hmm. i'm amazed that i can see here with my little headset on here and actually get the computer actually the computer wasn't working right because i had a little piece of the original plastic on it so (laughs) the camera was all like cloudy so that's my level of tech is like real low and I'm not a tech fan but oh my gosh I was just so thankful that in real time we could be talking with her and especially that uh, her husband Matt could be speaking Mm -hmm. into this
1: well in order to get Amy had to my sister had to to get in touch with him because I think he had already gone to bed something yeah I
0: mean yeah he just was kind of yeah yeah
1: so what, so Amy called him and then said, you need to get on Viber so that you can talk to
2: Sarah. Yeah. What mode did you guys go into? Because I know like from my perspective, like my mode would be like a planning mode of one way, but you know, everybody has a different way that they, it was back.
1: definitely a planning mode because I, that guy, he asked me what I found out from the tenants, the guy that I was talking to. The flight attendants. And I said that, yes, it's true. Um, and then we started talking about what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I joked that I was like, I wish they could just turn around the plane because we were only an hour outside of Chicago.
2: <laughs> Did your girls know anything at this time? Or they, they didn't they know anything. TV? Okay. Mm-hmm. They okay. had their
1: earbuds in. Koki, okay. my Ethiopian daughter, had gone to bed. Okay. Um, so she had already laid down. Um, we knew this was going to be a... set. It, it was two seven hour flights and I had already told them I wanted them to get a full sleep cycle in. So four mm-hmm. hours on this flight and then four hours on the next flight. So, uh, so yeah, I think that I had already, I think I had already sent them off to sleep. I know that Koki was asleep because I went to say something to her and she had her eye thing on and her.
0: Yeah. And you said the plane <laughs> was uh, fairly empty. So that was fortunate because you guys could actually like lay down up, yeah, you know, in, through the seating areas, which was pretty cool. I mean it was almost like a first class flight. Yeah. You it, weren't in first class, but you you had so much room you could spread out.
1: Yeah, so everyone was laying down flat because we had so much room. There wasn't that many people on the flights, and especially the next flight, because a lot changed.
2: <laughs> See that's I wanna know your your planning mode because you know, our listeners don't know that you you didn't come back right away.
1: I didn't come back right away. We Yeah, so we got into planning mode, and I talked to my husband. Uh, my sister woke him up, and then he got on Viber and was talking to me. And my thought at this point, as much as I love Ethiopia and want to get to Ethiopia, my thought was I, want, I did want to turn around in, um, in Germany and come back home. And so I had... I, like,
0: I, I, I would have voted for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that
1: idea. Well, part of it being that my Ethiopian daughter is on a green card, and so she's a permanent resident. So when he said that, that U.S. citizens could still come back, there was a moment when we were trying to figure out, what about Koki? Mm-hmm. What about my daughter? Which, by the way, she's on another podcast. Her actual name is Beza. Her nickname is Koki. So if ever I say Beza or Koki, it's the same person. Um, So, yeah, so that's what I wanted. So my husband got on and he started working to try to get us to get a new flight from Germany back to Chicago right away after we landed. And that was my first goal. And so I rested knowing that at this point I go into self-care with my anxiety, I'm on an international trip with my three daughters. Granted, my oldest one is 20, Beza is 20, Koki, Beza is 20, but my other ones are 13 years old and 11. Mm-hmm. And so I go into self-preservation mode where I'm like, okay, Sarah, they are taking care of this. Your family back at home is taking care of this. You need to rest. And so How can I, you do that. Um, okay. It was a matter of knowing that if I didn't rest. I would not be able to take care of my daughters very well later on. And, I've, and I'm 37 years old now and I've gone through life well enough to know that if I, want to ta- if I wanted to do what I needed to do, I had to rest. Mm-hmm. And also, this is not the fir- my first ra- rodeo with doing scary things. Um, I- I've had a doctor look over me and tell me that if I didn't stop having children um, because of my C-sections that I would die. Um, he literally stood over my bed and said, Sarah, if you want actual words, if you want to live to, um, see the four children you already have, you need to stop having children and walking through that. Um, so, and, and I've already been on four international trips at this point. This is my fifth. So. I think the things that God puts in front of you that are hard, they help prepare you for those moments when you need to be prepared for them. So I did, I rested.
0: Right. And, and let me just interject one thing here too. That's so cool. So, um, yeah, Sarah's not a natural flyer. I mean, some people just love to fly, right? They're just totally mm-hmm. at ease and it's just fun. She's, she used to hate it. She's gotten a lot better. But, uh, again, I think the practical, some of the takeaways here is, you know, we all have, uh, stress, we all have anxiety, but, uh, Sarah's and in mine too, I'm just not a natural flyer. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're dealing with that and then trying to navigate past you just that natural, like this isn't natural to be up in this big thing up in Mm -hmm. the sky and now add in all these other things. It just, it's, it's one of those things, uh, Maybe like faith Lamaze for the gals have done Lamaze before. He's gonna go. I mean, at some point, you you just let go and go. Okay, well, I there's so much out of my control now, right? I I think it's it's
2: amazing that she could sleep though, because when I think of myself, if I'm like overwhelmed or stressed, yeah, I mean, the last thing I can do is sleep. Well, and honestly,
1: I don't know if I actually fell asleep or not though. I will say that I made the decision to put my eye things on, because I, I even told you guys that, didn't I? Didn't I say I'm going to rest now?
0: I yeah, and he was resting, right? It's good. I mean, he was not sleeping; he yeah. resting, right? I don't. So. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I I didn't stress about ac- if I would actually fall asleep or not, but I put my. I put my eye things on. I put my neck pillow on. I laid down because actually we could lay mm-hmm. down, and I made the conscious conscious decision to at least get into a sleeping position.
2: That's good. I like that.
1: Um, and so, whether I fell asleep or not, I don't know. I don't remember at this point. So much has changed, but yeah. So I rested, and then I did uh, get up to check to see um, what Matt had figured out. And so mm-hmm. around midnight, I think then it was um, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, Matt, I, I, I checked to see, um, where he was at with things and found out that the, uh, my goal was that he would be able to book a flight before everyone woke up in Germany to find out this, because then mm-hmm. every, all of the U S citizens, um, would be flocking out of Germany. Mm-hmm. And so that was my goal. And it, it, he was on the phone for, I think three hours and trying the uh-huh. website and stuff. And he, so what he said is, he said, Sarah, I just think you guys need to go on to Ethiopia. Just follow your original flight plan. We'll figure it out when you get to Ethiopia. He was concerned that even if we did get flight a flight out of Germany, it was going to be packed full of people. And he knew that these planes were not <laughs> packed going out to Africa. And so he would rather that we safely flew on to Ethiopia instead of, tr- instead of catching coronavirus on the way back mm-hmm. to To America through Germany, and so I said, okay, and I and I felt, I mean, I felt like okay. I I, to some extent, I wanted to get home, but then I wanted to get to Ethiopia too, and I was just like, the whole time I was like, I like Iowa, I like Ethiopia, Mm (laughs) I I'm fine with either one. And then, but then you went on
2: on to like. (laughs) to enjoy your time to like oh, we love your such time Such amazing
1: time hey, hey before we got on
0: that real quick though i, I again i think it is so key and as it relates to journey and the importance of uh healthy uh you know one-on-one or you know couple to couple relationships going back to that relationship you and matt have i mean isn't it neat that you could sort of toss that in his lap and say matt i need your help here i need your perspective because mm-hmm. i'm like right in the middle of this of battle if you will i'm flying off here well
1: i couldn't even i didn't have fast enough internet i wasn't i wasn't going to take my energy to try to solve the problem myself i knew that he was at home and he could do it and if he needed to take the day off the next day he could have done that. right
0: and his perspective and just so that's where i felt good is is i really i've seen these guys navigate through tough things before so uh yeah if 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 uh if it had just been me i would have been like you know what can i do to get her back but I just thought it was such a cool thing that they worked together. And, uh, and as we were just getting into it, they went and had a really good trip. And counterintuitively, Africa has a really, because you would think Africa, oh my goodness, there's all kinds of, you know, that's uh, uh, really just broken out like crazy over there. Well, it hasn't. Ethiopia has one of the lowest rates of uh, infection like all over the world. Right now. So. And
1: that is a very interesting. I think our listeners would like to hear about what it was like to be in Ethiopia. I do. Yeah. During this. But I do want to mention because I don't want anyone to feel bad or to like look at their own life and say, oh, my husband and I don't have a relationship with like that. I am going to say Matt and I have been married for almost 19 years. We got married young um, and we do have a really good relationship. Um, but it has also been very, very, very hard. And I will say that us doing, we did, we've been doing counseling. Um, My mom's a counselor and she recommended this specific marriage counseling, which I don't know what it's called, but Kelly, if EFT, EFT, um, if anyone's listening to this and they, I thought marriage counseling would be like, Oh, tell me what I need to do. And if I do all these checklists, then I'll have a happy marriage. And I wasn't interested in that. And so, um, EFT is so different and I won't explain it right now, but if anyone's listening and they um, cause right now we're all close together with our families and stuff too. And these counselors are doing um, counseling appointments via, via zoom. And so if you have any need for a specific kind of count, like even this marriage counseling type of thing that they do mm-hmm. um, it's been really helpful for Matt and I. Um, and I think that this is part of it. Like we were able to handle a crisis situation because we had shored ourselves up prior to this happening.
0: Right. And, and whether it would have been your husband or a friend, just, I mean, how oh, important yeah. it, is it, right? Been you have somebody else. there alongside yes. you, even if they're not in the room.
1: Well, and to that end, which we'll get into in a little bit, but to that end, to, to the end of a friend, the thing is, is while Matt was helping me personally with our family, Annie here was the person who was helping run the company. So, so she and I like, well, Matt and I are making decisions about, um, our family and stuff. Annie, um, is making decisions with the rest of the team about Banowitz marketing and no, Annie and I are not married, but yeah, Mm. similar relationship. Like you said, a friend, someone that you can trust who you can lean on for support in those times when you need them. And Annie was that Annie and Melody and the, and Jen and, June and the rest of the team, like those were the people that were helping back with the company while I was gone too.
0: Well, and I'm wondering too, because as we're talking here uh, and I'm looking at the clock, we probably spent a half hour here and I think we could go for, you know, another half hour, two hours. Uh, I'm wondering if we maybe don't wrap it up with that idea of just encouraging people, which again is what Journey is about, right? Is is that intentional relationship building. Might it be a good idea to jump into that? now uh with the situation that people do have some time that they are close together and start to build that because it's something that it's, it's tougher to do when there's a lot of distractions going on like if there was football games basketball games different things happen you know movies plays we can go to it's distraction right i mean it's great stuff but it's distraction whereas now we can actually intentionally help uh each other to to grow and uh uh, and that's what journey is about, you know, journey coaching is about.
2: I so, agree with you. I just yeah. think the, the listeners are going to want to ask Sarah to come back at some time because they want to hear the good... <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this could be hers. a yeah.
0: multi-stage <laughs> you know, podcast, right? I mean, good yeah. golly. It's what a... So just let me just share one other thing real real quick here. So um, I was in the grocery store like the day after she left and I'm walking around and I so many people are tossing like toilet paper into their shopping carts you know these big things of toilet paper and i wanted to go up to him and say guys relax there'll be enough toilet paper my daughter just left for ethiopia during a worldwide pandemic
1: yeah (laughs) and you say it like that and it like doesn't even to me it like everyone so many people were worried and going crazy about this and to me honestly we live in C- the Cedar Rapids area. To me, it was like going to Iowa City. Like, yeah, well, it, Going rolls. to Iowa City during a <laughs> snowstorm. And I'm like, yeah, we had to make, be wise about it. But I've been to Ethiopia so much. I have Ethiopian children. I have Ethiopian friends that I was like, Ethiopia is my second home. So to me, um, to me, every time people said that kind of stuff to me, it's like what I hear is like, relax. My daughter's in Iowa City right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in mean, Iowa Okay. Oh, <laughs> so oh, we're gonna get her back from Iowa City. Thirty miles
0: up an interstate.
1: Oh
0: my gosh. Oh. Oh golly.
1: But I, I, we should, we should at, at least say what I was leading to with um, what it was like, right, Annie? What it was like
2: in the midst of <laughs> chaos. You know, people are looking for good, and they want to see, like, they want to cling on to other people's experiences that are good and joyous and happy. Like, yeah. They want to share in that time. I do. I know that I do.
1: And that's, that was, it was a very sweet time. And the United States from the outside, like, um, we, I saw all the live presidential announcements. Um, they were playing on the TVs in Ethiopia and during restaurants and hotels and stuff and, um, in people's houses and everything. And from the outside, um, looking in, it looked like the United States absolutely went crazy. And I was sitting in Ethiopia just like, do I even want to go home? Well, I even saw
2: the (laughs) picture. Like, I don't know if it was breakfast, but you had this like, looks like amazing coffee. And I was like, yeah. oh, I want that Ethiopian coffee and food. It looks like relax, actually like relaxing. Like I was like, I want that food. I it was very
1: relaxing. Food. I feel like God, it had been four and a half years since I went. And I really feel like God really blessed me with this trip. Um, bless my daughters and I with this trip to have this time of connection. It really did shore us up to come back to the United States. And I feel like we We had a break that most people did not have. I mean... Quite frankly, the entire world has stopped moving. And we were one of the very few people that kept moving. And I realized that there was danger in that. And I understand that. And I know I've already gotten a lot of pushback about that. Um, We made the best decisions that we could make at the time. And then while we were making them, we did the very best things that we could. And at this moment, it's been a little over a week since we got back to the United States. And we are still quarantined. My four da- my three daughters, the four of us are quarantined upstairs on the top level of our, level of our house self- quarantined. Um, the boys are on the main level in the basement. Um, I have not hugged my husband in three weeks since that day that I hugged him on the, the left I haven't hugged my husband I haven't touched um, my children my sons um, like I haven't given them hugs or patted their hand we have it like when we go downstairs we have face masks on if we need to walk through the house um we're cooking food upstairs so we're making these conscious decisions to be safe um that said while we were in ethiopia and our ethiopian family and friends they realized what was happening and i was scared to be around them and they came up to me and gave me big hugs and um there was a point on saint patrick's day that's when things changed a lot and it did change in ethiopia too um, they started having hand-washing stations outside. Um, there was some people, usually when I'm in Ethiopia, they're very, very, very friendly. This like strangers. Um, but, uh, there was, it wasn't necessarily that ca- that way. Um, people were scared of us when they saw that we had white skin, they would put their face masks on and I don't blame them for that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was definitely odd. Um, but it was very safe. I got sunburned um going to Unity Park. Um we stayed but we did still did social distancing in Ethiopia, not to the extent we're doing here, but we were with our small groups of people. And when we went to Unity Park, we made sure that I said I didn't want to go unless there wasn't very unless there was very few people there. We used hand sanitizer a lot. Um and we were pretty much really just with our very close friends and our family in Ethiopia. And it was a very nice, relaxing break. And when I got back here, um, I feel like I've been more shored up to handle the decisions that I need to make in my business with the people in my life. Um, And that, I don't know. I mean, what do you think from your perspective, Annie, in terms of like,
2: you've seen me come back and Mm -hmm. like, do you? I think, I mean, I've seen you come back. Well, refresh to me, it looks like, and at ease. Like Yes. Yeah. You you've led in a way that was you know, relaxed probably isn't the best word, but you weren't hyper, you weren't like nervous, you weren't pushing or running. It was like we we're just taking like one step at a time. I'm gonna lead like with the information that I have. I'm gonna be calm and collective. I'm gonna make the decisions based off the information that I have and we're gonna be okay. Well, that's you had even mentioned,
1: me. yeah, and you had even mentioned um, last week when we did a sales call together. Afterwards, mm-hmm. you're like, "Wow, you were so relaxed with that," and I, that really impacted me because I didn't really think one way or the other until you said it. But I think it did help. I think
2: that I love we, that about you, though.
1: Well, and it's was. not my natural personality, though. I mean, my dad knows that's not my natural personality, and we did lose, <sighs> we lost a client through all of this. But then we got two more this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that, like you said, just analyzing and taking it one step at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think, I think something too, Sarah, that you do that is so helpful is you look beyond the current reality. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people, and it, it's so natural, right? As beings we look at that, what's happening right in front of us and we go, huh. Oh my goodness! This is like this is scary, but how can we look beyond what's right there? Look beyond the scary, and look for the uh, the possibilities and the hope. And it sounds a little trite maybe at this point, but you know, if if we really intentionally try to do that, uh, some really good things can happen. And and you alluded to it. I mean, mm-hmm. you had texted me earlier that you got two new clients, and I. I, I, I you up and kidded you. I said, Sarah, didn't you get the memo? You're not supposed to be getting clients in this environment. It's like, what's going on
1: here? You know,
2: You know. Well, I don't think same, it's trite, but yeah. I've heard the saying, you know, if you, if you look for the good, you'll find it. But if you look for the bad, you'll find it as well. Right. And still... The other thing
0: real quick before we go here, I, I, and this is a, a, a podcast for another day, but uh, Sarah has just always had a heart for Ethiopia and she's always said, she would love to live in Ethiopia, have coffee, and uh, tell people about Jesus. And I think one of the things about Ethiopia, because it's always sort of the other way, right? We're always like, well, what can we give to Africa? What can we give to Ethiopia? It seems like Ethiopia can give a lot to us in terms of uh, those relationships, how to sit down with people, you know, have coffee, just have whatever you have in terms of a relaxed hey we're just gonna sit and talk mm-hmm. and get to know each other because they'll do that for hours right sarah i mean they'll be like what aren't they like two hour coffee ceremonies or something
1: no two hours is short we <coughs> what i was doing oh in ethiopia was spending five to six hours sitting around having coffee in injera and that's the way i spent my days in ethiopia and you so love well, that right oh i, I adore it. I adore it. And it doesn't so, happen here. <laughs>
0: right. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. So might you be able to impart some of that? Because maybe we don't go to five and six hour coffees here, but could we go to like, instead of, you know, 15 or 20 minute rushed interactions, maybe to like 30 minute, an hour kind of relaxed coffees where, you know, maybe there's some things we can learn that you can help teach us all. It's not,
1: and you're right on the right track. And it's not even about the relationships too. That's a huge part of it. But we have so much to learn from Africa. And I I had these conversations when I was there too that I brought up. The problem is, is, okay, not only can we learn about relationships from Africa, but I think business people are going to have to learn some things too. I think we as a community are going to have to learn some things too because uh, America survives on commercialism and right now everything's shut down. Right. And Africa really sh- thri- thrives on sharing and community. And I think that what I think if there's a benefit that's going to come out of this, it's the fact that we do need to learn from Africa, how community works and how people survive and how they move forward in life in that community. Right. And,
2: how Absolutely. and we talk about that in theory, right? A lot, you
0: know, community matters. And in church worlds, we talk about community matters in, uh, in other settings. We talk about, you know, getting together in a group or, you know, community uh, go bowling together whatever but it's sort of I maybe mean, not <laughs> on, on the, as deep of a level as it is in africa because over the years if you look at the history of africa people have had to do that to survive right they've had their life yeah on,
2: you
1: know. exactly yeah there's so. one more thing i have to add to this part of the story i have to add this because I, I think that without this if you're listening to this story and you don't understand this part of the puzzle it doesn't fit I was calm because I know where I'm going. I was calm because I know where my daughters are going. The four of us have given our lives to Jesus Christ. I knew that he was that he is good and that he is fighting for us and that whatever happened, whatever happened, we were going to be okay. And without that, I don't know how... I don't know how you're calm. Right. You get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately the end result. Is that it did not matter. It does matter, um, but that's what I knew: is that if if a if anything happens, we are ultimately okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like and that. That's because... the foundation of this whole thing.
0: A- mm-hmm. Amen, daughter. Preach it.
2: Preach it. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for us to wrap this one up today. Thank but you I know, really Thoroughly fun. enjoyed hearing your story, <laughs> hearing both perspectives. And I just want to say that, you know, at Journey, we're all about relationships. We're about getting people into um, authentic relationships where they can grow. Um, they can learn their worldview. They can learn their strengths and their areas of improvement. And um, I just want to mention that if you're interested or you're looking to get in a, you know, a relationship where you can grow. There are coaches that are available um, that can walk alongside a seven-week process with you um, to focus on your strengths and to learn how to address your areas of weakness from a strength perspective. Um, So you can visit us at journeycoaching.org or on one of our podcast apps. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time and make sure you like and subscribe. Visit us at journeycoaching.org. And check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Start your own journey at (music) journeycoaching.org. Your life, your journey starts now.